This is Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. And now, here's your host, Victoria Ray Henderson. Thanks for joining me for Listen Up, Home Buyers. I'm Victoria Ray Henderson, a broker with the Buyer Brokerage in McLean, Virginia. And I'm very excited to have with me this morning one of our local lenders. Uh, his name is Michael Dufour, a mortgage loan officer with First Savings Mortgage in Bethesda, Maryland. And for those of you not familiar with the area, this is right outside of Washington, D.C. So, Michael Dufour, thank you so much for joining me on Listen Up, Home Buyers. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, you know, one of the main things that I wanted to have you on to talk about is uh, to first address the crazy market. Um, the market conditions right now, this is uh, late spring of 2021, and it's pretty nuts. It's definitely been uh, different uh, than previous years. Uh, it's something new. Uh, I've never seen it before, but it's uh, it's kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. What? Tell me about the, the fun part. So uh, it it seems to just be a lot more fast paced than it used to be. Uh, I was actually speaking with somebody the other day who was telling me a story of how their client used to go to a home three, four times before they even put in an offer. And now I have clients who have put in offers without actually going to the house yet because they just want to be in the line as quick as possible. And they're still one of 15 offers on a home. So it's a very interesting uh, dynamic and an interesting way we have to approach uh, business and, and approach handling offers and how uh, I have to write my letters of uh, my pre-approval letters. So it's it's been fun. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoy it because I move at a very quick pace. <laughs> Wonder, yeah, I know you do because you and I have worked together on things. You know, one of the things that I like about um, the fact that that you know you're t- saying that it's fun is what makes it fun is that I'm working with when I work with you. You pick up the phone. Um, we we work out these details. We iron things out for our clients, and um, it's just that communication piece is so important all the time, but especially, especially right now. So um, I'd like to start at the beginning. Um, when we first have buyers come to us, uh, they, they, they many times are first-time home buyers and don't understand the process. Could you just walk me through what your role is when someone is purchasing a home and using a loan? Yeah. Uh, so when they first come to me, it's, uh, especially with first-time home buyers, it's a lot of explanation of what's going to happen and managing expectations. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the biggest thing people don't realize is the amount of documentation that they're going to have to provide to me uh, when I take in their application. We're lending you hundreds of thousands of dollars. We kind of need to know that you're going to be able to pay that back. So we like to see what you make per month, what you make per year, Uh, how you make that money. And we need to see a history of how long you've been at your current job or in the industry. So that's the biggest number, first hurdle that people uh, don't understand and that I have to really get them to understand. Uh, After that, really, it's just um, walking them through start to finish. So the process for those who haven't been through it is 
actually really simple when you look at it on a on a timeline standpoint, but it seems confusing at first. You're going to initially work with me to get pre-approved so I can tell you, the realtor, what um, the uh, number they should be looking for is. And I do that on a combination of what the client can both max qualify for and what they're actually comfortable for paying each month. Because those numbers can sometimes be very different. Yeah, they also know yeah. More often than not, they are. I've had clients who could qualify for $500,000, but they only want to pay a certain amount per month, which means they're going to be buying in the $300,000 range. Mm-hmm. So it it structures how we move forward from there. After they're pre-approved, they start looking, we get an offer accepted. The process gets very streamlined. It's I, I have to order the appraisal send out disclosures and schedule the closing with the title company on our end. And then from there, your loan's going to go to processing, go into underwriting. Once you get approved by the underwriter, we send out the closing disclosures, which just tell you exactly what you're purchasing and shows line by line what all your money is going towards. And then we hit the closing table and sign some documents. All right. So obviously you touched on some extremely important points. Uh, I'd like it if you could break all that down. Let's start with when you say that you explain the pre-approval process, which is kind of a, a vetting of you know the money and, and where that's coming from. Um, that next step when you uh, are in the process, let just walk us through what happens next. Talk about when you order the appraisal. What is that? So, so an appraisal is uh, determining the value of the home. So it's different from the inspection because the appraiser is not going out there to see exactly what's working, what's not working. They're not looking at the technical uh, inner workings of the home. They're going for the overall look. They do make sure certain items are working but they because they have to check on certain things. But they really are just going through to check the value of the home. They look at the number of bathrooms. They look at the number of rooms. They compare your home that you're purchasing to the homes in the area that are very similar. And so through all of that, they determine a value of that home in that area. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that is how much money, um, whatever that appraiser says is how much money the loan is going to be. It's at what the potentially what the sales price will be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the the loan amount is actually determined on the down payment. So if the sales price is and the sales price and the appraised value is three hundred thousand dollars, and you decide to put ten thousand dollars down, mm-hmm. your loan amount is going to be two hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Okay. So let's talk. Um, so the appraisal, it has, you know, is is obviously an important piece of this. Talk about that down payment. Um, I've had clients um, ask why why three percent, why twenty percent. If you could break that down for us. Yeah. So. Um, On a conventional mortgage, uh, which is below $548,000, you can put as little as 3% down. With a uh, FHA loan, it's 3.5%. And the reason you'll see different amounts of down payments is because it can vary the rate. 
with a conventional mortgage at 3%, you're going to get a certain rate from 5% to uh, 15, 20% down, you'll have another rate. And then after 20%, it varies even more. That is one reason people will change the amount of their down payment. This will also affect the amount of mortgage insurance you may have to pay. If you pay, if you put down less than 20%, you have to uh, get what's called mortgage insurance. It's uh, insurance for the lender if you put down less than 20%, basically in case you are not able to make your payments, the lender is able to recoup some of their investment when you have mortgage insurance. So people will vary how much they put down based off of both those factors and how much cash they actually have and want to put towards their initial equity because your down payment is your initial equity in the home. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also goes and ties in with your closing costs. So how much cash you have overall to put towards the total process of purchasing the home, you have to determine part is for the down payment and part is to cover the closing costs. Can you go into what closing costs are? Closing costs are, it's the cost of purchasing the home. So you're going to have your title fees, your lender fees, any realtor associated fees, if your realtor charges you uh, some fees, and then you'll have your prepaids and escrows as well. The escrows are not actually a cost of purchasing the home. That's actually your money that you're putting into an account to pay your uh, taxes and insurance throughout the year so that you don't have to continually write checks for those. Okay. So one of the things that we get asked quite a bit is how much money does it cost to buy a house? And it depends on what the price is. (laughs) It very much depends on what the price is. What, What we often... What I'll often say is anywhere from three to five percent of the sales price could be the cost of doing the purchase. Okay. Okay. So that's a that's a good thing for people to understand. Three to five percent of whatever it is that range, you know, whether it's five to seven hundred thousand or more, that's what you should be kind of planning on paying uh, for. Okay. Generally. Um, Yeah. Now walk us through, um, I often call it behind the scenes, but walk us through, um, you know, I have have a couple of ratified contracts today. Ratified Mm -hmm. means that everybody has come to an agreement, everything is signed off, and now we're going to move forward. And I equate it to, you know, I'm not a sports person really, but I (laughs) I equate it to kind of passing the ball, I guess it would be the football, and now I pass it to you. So what do you do um, when, when I hand you that ratified contract? So the first thing I do with the ratified contract is lock the interest rate. That's the sign that the client is moving forward with us. And once we lock the interest rate, it triggers uh, a uh, uh, it triggers a time frame that we have to send out our initial disclosures. These disclosures uh, tell you a bit about the process, and they're just information that you have to sign so that you're basically saying, I intend to proceed with getting this loan. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also shows you an initial loan estimate. So in the beginning, I send out cost estimates to all my clients. This loan estimate is going to be a little bit more detailed than those cost estimates because it's going to show more focus on the specific home that you're purchasing. Right. And after you sign that, that's what triggers the ability for me to order the appraisal and again, said schedule 
with my closing department and the title company would close it. Okay. Tell me about underwriting, because this is a step that a lot of people don't understand. They'll, they they uh, frequently will be pre-approved and kind of go up. You know, I guess that, that that's everything they need. Uh, but you and I know that there's a, a far deeper step and it is the underwriting process. So what the underwriter does is they'll take the guidelines for the investor that your loan is going to. If it's a conventional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they'll take those guidelines and check every little box and go through every bit of your documents. So if your tax returns, if one little line says, please see this, and you don't have that document in there, they're like, why don't we have this document in there? We need to see. So what I initially do is, like I said, a big search of your income and make sure that you qualify on the guidelines of income and can actually get the mortgage and pay for the mortgage. The underwriter goes into a lot more detail to make sure that everything is by the book and and they have all the documentation needed to push the loan forward. Mm-hmm. More often than not, I don't see people getting denied because uh, it's going through underwriting. It's just they have to provide a little bit more documentation than they did before because there's more nitty gritty going on with the underwriter. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the the timelines that are in the contract. So when I put together, it, well, first, let me say that in every part of the country, it's a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking specifically about the greater Washington, D.C., Baltimore area, where we actually kind of fill in the blanks on a contract as, as exclusive buyer agents and brokers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm filling that in and I put a timeline in there and I say my appraisal can contingency um, is up in 21 days. And then um, my financing contingency is up in X amount of days. Talk a little bit about what that is, um, what those two deadlines are. So with the appraisal contingency, it's essentially, I have to have the appraisal to the buyer by 21 days, which means my appraiser has to return it to me and my processor has to review it make sure that there's no lender required repairs, which are basically the appraiser says X is, X is wrong or something is up in a way that our guidelines require us to fix it. Like so a roof or, or like a roof. If, if there are some shingles missing on the roof, it would be required by us that you go or the buyer or the seller goes and fixes that before closing. And then the appraiser would have to go back and make sure that the roof has been repaired before he could sign off. Mm-hmm. Um, so within that 21 days, all of that has to happen and I have to get it back to you, to the borrower. Um, and it's very similar with the financing contingency. We basically have to say, we are committed to providing financing check within the allotted amount of of days. And if you don't meet those deadlines, then there is an issue. It could spell disaster for the the process. Yeah. for So so this is something I wanted to really point out as, as being extremely important because only uh, a handful of times, I would say maybe three times have I come close uh, because a lender didn't meet that appraisal deadline, I was 10 minutes away from our buyers potentially paying $15,000 more for a property. Wow. Um, and the reason that happens is because that appraiser is going to say, 
um, this house is five hundred thousand dollars, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the contract says that you're paying five fifteen, um, then then that appraiser is saying it's only worth five hundred. That's how much you're going to be getting. And so we have to go back to the seller at that point. It's a renegotiation for us to say, hey, the appraiser says the house is worth five hundred. The contract says five five fifteen. We need you to lower that price. Mm-hmm. So you know, I hope that makes sense for people because. If you have that appraisal contingency, it is a protection for you. It's it's a, a great protection. Uh, without it, you would have to come out of pocket the the difference. Mm-hmm. Which in this market, we are actually seeing that a lot in the uh-huh. DC Baltimore area. I've had a ton of clients who are waiving the appraisal contingency and putting in offers above asking, knowing that they may have to come to the table with extra cash. But mm-hmm. it's all a strategy to become more, uh, more desirable in the listing agent's eyes. (laughs) And it's, and it's one of a, I I equate it to the buffet table. It's one of the options on the buffet table. And if you can do that option, that can be an option. But if that Mm -hmm. is not an option for you, that is not one that we would recommend that you choose. Obviously you've got to have cash in order to waive an appraisal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny you mentioned have, needing to have cash uh, for certain things. A lot of the time, I get a lot of first-time homebuyers who have enough cash to cl- to cover either the down payment or the closing costs, but not both. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is set them up with, here in Maryland, we have the Maryland Mortgage Program, or in D.C., it's the D.C. Open Doors and HPAP uh, programs. But uh, there's usually programs available in every state for down payment assistance. Mm-hmm. And so I will set my clients up with these programs to help them get three, four, 5% of the loan amount towards their down payment and closing costs. And it really helps them to be able to afford the house. They can afford the monthly payment. We still underwrite everything to make sure that they can pay the mortgage back, but they just didn't have enough assets on hand at the start to make this purchase. So they'll get this assistance. Some of these programs require you to pay the assistance back after uh, a certain time. Some are just grants, but uh, it's it's a great way to help first-time homebuyers who no longer want to rent and really want to own their home, start building equity in themselves, and but don't have the total cash on hand to cover both down payment and closing costs. It's what I, it's my go-to when somebody tells me that that's their situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add? Uh, I, I just want to say thank you for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure. Um, I think this is awesome. I I'm, you know, I'm very big on social media. I think it is a great way to help, people learn. Uh, I got into the industry three or four years ago and realized that not many people know what goes on when they uh, go to buy a house or, or what it takes, what options are out there. So I think it's awesome that people like you are getting out on social media to help uh, educate the, the general population on how to buy a home and that it is actually safe because there's become a prejudice since the early 2000s of it's predatory 
right. in, in buying a home. And I, I really am adamant about teaching people that it's not. So right. I mean, there are some strong regulations that protect the buyer now, and we're all for them, which is why, you know, I'm really glad you could come on and talk about this because really it is educating people um, and letting people understand the value of um, going with people who understand the programs that are, are in their state. Um, mm-hmm. Many people don't understand. They want to go online with with someone, um, and it's all your choice. You can choose to work with anybody, whether it, you know down the realtor, the lender, the title company. All of these things are your choice. But it's important to really gather that information before you make that choice, because just like these programs you mentioned, if you miss a program like that because your lender isn't aware of them, that's a big thing to miss. Mm-hmm. And um, our goal is that you uh, are educated um, so you don't miss out on anything that could be advantageous for you. I, I won a contract earlier this year to, for that exact reason. My client didn't know about a program. Their lender never mentioned it to me. And then they happened to be scrolling through my TikTok one day and <laughs> learned about my uh, about the Maryland Mortgage Program and how they could uh, get their student loans paid off when they purchase uh, through the Maryland mortgage program. And, uh, so they called me and were like, is this really a thing? Can we do this? And (laughs) there are crazy guidelines that, that you need to meet in order to uh, be able to qualify for this program, but they qualified and they switched to me as their new lender. And we got them closed on a new house on the Eastern shore. Oh, that's so great. I love it. So Michael Dufour is your mortgage guide on TikTok and look for him there. But we really appreciate you joining us here on Listen Up Homebuyers. Michael Dufour is with First Savings Mortgage in Bethesda, Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C. Thanks again, Michael, so much uh, for joining us here. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. You've been listening to Listen Up Homebuyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. 